Hello and welcome to Two Bros Talking Sports Podcast. This is episode 32. Uh, we are back after, I don't know, about a week and a half. Uh, we do have some sports news um, on the NBA front, some things and storylines to talk about. We do have some things and storylines to talk about in the NFL, NHL, who knows? Uh, we're not even sure what's going on. You could do a wormhole of a search and not find anything on that. Uh, so we're just going to wait and see MLB offseason. Uh, but first, Travis, how was your week slash week and a half? And what are you looking forward to talking about today? Yeah, it was good. Thanksgiving was nice and relaxing. A lot of hiking and outdoor activities and the weather wasn't all that great. Of course, it was like great the day we get back from like a mini vacation there. Um, but, you know, I'm looking forward to the fact that we're going to have basketball soon. Patriots somehow still winning games, and it's unreal how they're still winning games. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. We, you mentioned the NHL. I have no idea what the hell is happening with the NHL. Yeah, I wish we had something exist. to dive into, uh, but we don't. We're just kind of waiting and, and seeing what happens. Um, but yeah, as you mentioned, the NBA returning the 22nd, which is right around the corner, believe it or not. Um, exciting. I'm really excited for it. We just saw the Christmas schedule came out, which is <laughs> obviously three days afterwards. Um, Celtics, as far as Celtics news go, we're opening up with the Bucks, playing the Christmas Day game against the Nets. Uh, the Nets are very intriguing. We'll go into that a little bit. Um, as well as seeing some pretty sweet new Miami Vice uniforms. Um, yeah, that was, was kind of cool. Pretty trippy. Some of those City Edition jerseys are sweet. Like the yeah. like the Grizzlies one, that was a, that was an awesome one. I'm trying to think, a lot of them like the, I don't know if you've seen most of them. Like the Nuggets, the the Jazz basically like reversed their color scheme with like a black look. Like the Nuggets one looks, I feel like just very much like the Jazz last year. But there are some really cool ones out there. Celtics, I mean, it's they're sharp, but it's pretty much just like can't get <laughs> banner eighteen. Might as well just wear a banner eighteen. Yeah. Um, so. Let's uh, talk a little bit of NBA. I don't know if you have a preference of where you want to start with them. Um, we can, I guess, start with the Celtics and maybe venture out, if that's cool with you, um, to talk about – I think last time we were talking about we, we announced what happened with Gordon Hayward or what was going to happen, um, sort of some of the potential things around the league. Uh, we're a little more solidified in, in certain areas. We saw that the uh, – the Celtics actually, before you go burning, uh, burning down Danny Ainge's uh, house due to, to being frustrated, uh, we did just get a pretty good exemption from, uh, what was it, like a second round pick or something like that um, in a, in a tr- sign and trade scenario that helped both teams. Maybe, maybe not so much what Charlotte really kind of wanted, but I guess it doesn't really matter for him. What, what were your thoughts there? kind of explain what that opens up for the Celtics uh, going forward. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a, what is it? $28.5 million, which <clears throat> layman's terms means that without sending out any additional salary, this is always the, the issue with casual Celtics fans. Like, Oh, trade for such and such guy, but no one understands that you need to make the salaries match. You can't just trade someone like Hayward, you know, like that. Um, so for this case, you can have just the team now granted there's this all a bunch of other salary cap crap to deal with, but, they could take multiple players into this look the end of this uh, trade exemption. So it doesn't just basically anyone making up to 20 and a half million from now. And that, that date is basically a year long, but it might get shifted based on how the, um, the league timeline shifts next summer. But 
it means they have an opportunity here, a window where they can, you know, add some talent without having to subtract anyone under their roster as long as it fits in that salary, which is a hefty salary. Um, so that's exciting because at this point, you're most likely trading a roster player and some draft capital for whatever guy you're putting in there. And I think some, some Celtics fans are like, oh, you gave up, you lost Tayward and you gave up two second round picks. And it's like, dude, what the hell is second round picks going to do? Like, I mean, you've drafted 16 players in the first round, like the last eight years. And how, what do you have to show for it? Besides Jalen and Jason, Marcus Smart. I mean, we still know what Grant Williams and Romeo Langford are going to be, but anyone else on the roster has been, yep, silly, Zizic, James Young, Fab Mello, all these guys suck. Um, RIP Fab Mello. But <laughs> clearly, I mean, what the hell are two second round picks going to be? So if you're butthurt about that, this just gives, you know, the Celtics a little more flexibility and a different way to add talent to the roster as they see fit, whether it's at the trade deadline or next summer after they see how the season goes. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty advantageous. Um, obviously, I think you'd kind of rather prefer to have Hayward, but at this point, he was essentially option number four, sometimes option number five, depending on how trigger-happy Marcus Smart was feeling on any given night. And it is what it is. Yeah. For him, I think, I don't know. It almost feels like it, it could be a good thing. I know uh, maybe next time we talk, we'll be right before the start of the season uh, officially um maybe we can go a little more like roster deep dive and talk about what we're going to see rotation wise or who we might see um starting off the bench things like that but to go off of what you just said hey a fourth option you know i feel like that's an option now uh that gordon is out that's a lot of touches that's uh, you know for someone who is an ex um not far removed all-star player um, budding superstar, obviously with some some uh, tough injuries that that kind of set him back. But um, maybe that allows them to really place a little more attention onto their first third, you know, first, second, and third option, uh, their their top sword, and then solidify the role players around them a little bit more, versus having to hold a fourth and a fifth option um, because. I feel like that can be one, one it's, Hey, there's one ball um, at all times. Give those main players more touches, let them understand, Hey, I'm going to drive. Maybe I have a three point scorer on the, on the uh, surroundings that I can dish to if I, if I feel I need an outlet or something like that. So uh, hopefully solidify some role players, open up a little more touches, a little more opportunity. I know you were excited. Obviously we have, um, you know, Tatum, who I think is just going to take another huge leap, even if this was a short offseason. Um, one, because, hey, confidence must be sky high when you've got the 195 mil uh, max extension that you, you can possibly get. You've got to be feeling like, hey, this is a little more like my team, him and Jalen. Um, you, ha- you had some predictions before we, we started recording. What were you saying about numbers, you thinking? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think Tatum's going to probably be anywhere from a 20. 20- I would not be surprised if it's 27, 28 points a game, maybe even more depending on uh, some of the games he had last year, um, especially where, you know, he's probably going to see a lot more shots coming his way. And, you know, I think Jalen's going to be something that, again, if he's heavily featured like he should be, it's probably a 25-point-per-game score. Um, and, and, you know, that's exciting. That's very exciting, especially considering, you know, you have the recent news that just came out that Kemba's going to be out for a little bit of time. Um, and we can delve into that a little later, but you're going to see Tatum and Brown a lot more touches and a lot more shots and, and you know yeah. have the green light at any given moment which is great yeah so I, I was a little bummed to see it but I kind of once I read it understood it as you said Kemba 
um, had a little knee stem cell um, replacement. I don't know what procedure, if that's surgery or what it looks like, but um, so that's going to put him out a little bit. Not to say that, you know, I'd rather have a fully healthy playoff Kemba um, versus I think at the tail end of at least the bubble wise, we were seeing sort of a, a very, you know, sort of invisible Kemba and a lot of those games that could have been a huge factor um, down the stretch there in the bubble. So maybe that was something that was lingering and, and maybe they tried to do some things in this off season and, and just weren't working. So hopefully um, that stem cell, I don't know much about it, but uh, maybe it's an option. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, he, he had, a, I don't know if you saw, he had his uh, media availability today and, he basically said he's not going to rush back. He's not going to be come back until he feels good, <clears throat> which at this point, obviously, you know, he's your highest paid player realistically this season. You do want him in the lineup, but you also, like you mentioned, want him healthy for the playoffs and 100% for the playoffs. Um, I mean, the way I look at this Celtics season and, and the whole, we get 72 games, 10 games less, um, which is good, you know, a little bit lighter of a schedule. Um, but also, like, I think last year you kind of had, you know, what, Milwaukee, you know, Celtics, Philly, Toronto right up there. And then it was, you know, Miami was a five seed. Um, the Nets weren't really in there. This year it's going to be totally different. I mean, you figure you're not going to be like, I oh, hope we get that two seed to avoid Milwaukee. But like, okay, cool. You get the two seed. You could be playing Brooklyn. You could be playing Philly. Who knows how Philly does with the new coach? Um, you know, you think you got Milwaukee, Toronto, Philly, Miami, Brooklyn now, the Celtics. You know, that's a good six six teams right there, right? Six, seven? I don't even know how you count there. But the, <laughs> the, the East is very – it's not as top-heavy as it once was, you know, two years ago. Um, now, what do you think we're going to see from the Nets? I mean, that's that's one I've been having a tough time really getting down to. I, I understand that KD is KD. He is, uh, when healthy, one of the best players in the entire league. Um, maybe we've seen ever – but this was Achilles injury. We haven't seen him for a year. We don't know what the Nets are going to look like. I've never seen Kyrie and, and, um, and, and Kyrie and KD really, you know, play it like this. I know they've played probably in the, the Olympic uh, structure, things like that outside off season, whatever. But um, I don't know what to think about the Nets. Do I, you know, as obviously I'm a Celtics fan, but from a basketball fan perspective, am I, expecting a team that's ready to go right away am i expecting sort of a uh, tampa bay buccaneers type thing where you got some talent and you just kind of tell yourself oh they'll figure it out by the end of the year what, what do you think we're gonna see from that yeah, i mean like you said it very much remains to be seen um thinking about it uh, it's gonna be such a drama it's like gonna be drama central i mean you already got Kyrie, you know, I was reading an article today in The Athletic, and it was pretty interesting in the sense that it kind of talks about what Steve Nash is up against, not necessarily from a coaching perspective, but from a constantly going to have to be like, you know, can I get a quote on what Kyrie said tonight? And, you know, deflecting that, you know, this is not – he already had to address the fact that Kyrie said we basically don't need a coach. And, um, you know, Steve Nash was kind of saying, I don't think he meant what the quote read. Um, the fact that you're starting <laughs> now, you're basically saying, like having to say, that's not what he meant by what he said. Um, 
not a great. What he said is not what he said. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, um, but I mean, you figure if if KD is KD, he's back to being who we think he is, mm-hmm. and Kyrie's shoulders not bother him anymore. You got to think that's like anywhere from sixty to seventy points a given night just with those two players alone. Um, then you got not to think, you know, Karis LeVert, solid, solid player. Spencer Dinwiddie, mm-hmm. great player. They got Jordan and Allen out there. They have great shooting with, you know, they got Shamit, which is an underrated pickup. Joe Harris. They have a solid team. Um, but again, how much is too much? Um, you know, you never really know. The Lakers, you know, they had kind of kind of similar situation where they had, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis, two of arguably three best players in the world. But they had solid veterans around them that kind of knew their role. I don't know how it's going to go with Nets. A lot of mouths to be in that offense right now. I mean, Dinwiddie, you know, was a borderline all-star player or playing at an all-star level at one point last year. LeVert freaking torched the Celtics at various points in time. So, I mean, these are players that aren't going to be, you know, I don't know. We'll see. It could be a beautiful thing. It could be a Clipper situation last year where no one really gelled. Yeah. I think it's going to be interesting. Obviously, you have not just the player uh, chemistry, but a new coach. I, I love Steve Nash and – what the potential there could be there. I, I hope he comes in in a little bit of a Steve Kerr effect where, um, you know, Steve Kerr is just very interesting inheriting a, a team that's got a lot of talent. Um, his biggest thing was how can I like, don't feel like I, I'm, I'm changing everything. Like it's like, let's improve what we've already, what we already have, you know, some of the, the um, streak that Brooklyn was making, even in the playoff bubble, you know, some growth with players, that, um, you know, barring injury would not probably have that opportunity. And they showed some cool, cool things. Like you said, Levert, um, they got some cool pieces. So hopefully Steve Nash can just kind of caress it and, and help develop it even further. Um, and like you said, hopefully there's not uh, too many moments of, you know, what he said is not what he meant. And uh, cause that's never a good thing. That's never an easy thing. Um, that'll, that'll tire you out. You, you mentioned the Lakers. Let's, let's jump over there. I like what the Lakers have done. Not to say that they needed, um, any more than what they already did, you know, hence they winning the, the, the championship. But, uh, we knew that Anthony Davis was going to take plenty of time to sign. You, you are about hundred <laughs> percent certain that he's, um, going to be signing probably within the next few days. Um, LeBron today, in fact, has just signed his uh, extension, uh, I think, what, 85 mil? But that puts him through 2023 season, which makes it very clear to me. um, He's going to be playing with his son after that one. So maybe he can get a couple more titles in his book. That's probably on his mind. And he's like, all right, then I'm out. Go play with my son. Do something that would be one of the coolest things, I think. At this um, rate, I wouldn't even be surprised if it's back to freaking Cleveland, the way Cleveland sucks. It could be right, <laughs> right there again. That's very true. Um, what a fitting. Imagine that. That'd be crazy. Yeah. Have you seen LeBron's son recently? Bron? Dude. Got a neck on him, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he, he's got a neck. And he's growing bigger, bigger. Um, yeah, I bet you he's going to be about six, 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 eight. He's already what is, he a, is he what sophomore, junior? Uh, yeah, I think he's a sophomore. Okay, because there's still a ton of development um, in that, you know, especially that sophomore junior year. Um, <clears throat> I mean, so we'll six, see a lot come out. Six two right now. He's the same draft class as Mikey Williams. I think so. Yes. Yeah. 
So that's, dude, it's going to be fun. We got some cool draft classes probably coming up here very shortly. That's the other thing, um, and real quick, interjecting you about this. Why the hell the Hornets are signing Gordon Hayward? Like, it just, you're, what are you going to do? You're going to be perpetually a, a nine or 10 scene. Maybe you'll sneak in as an eight scene, but like, you're not going anywhere. Why would you take yourself out of the potential to be one of those top five teams for mm. a draft class that is freaking stacked? Like, college basketball this year is, it's, it kind of sucks because there's no fans and it kind of takes the atmosphere. But, like, watching some of these debuts, Kid Cunningham, Boston, freaking Mike um, – what's his name? The Williams kid from Stanford. Like, mm-hmm. it's a stack, stack draft class. See, I'm glad you brought that up because that's – it wasn't something that was on my mind, but it was something I, I've been thinking about in the past few days where it's like it seems like that move was a very, very much a team that's just looking to get – like, take that last step to get to that next point for the next few years, be able to compete where they're at. And Charlotte is absolutely a couple of years away. If, if that, maybe even more, they have some cool talent. I like what they're doing, but it just doesn't seem, um, I didn't get it. I don't know. I mean, I don't understand it really. It's, um, it's, you know, it's funny. They, they, I feel like, in like a year from now, that contract is going to be one of the worst contracts in the. It's going to be like the Blake Griffin or John Wall contract, essentially. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. But I was just mentioning that, thinking about the fact that we have some good draft classes coming up. And yeah, making some bonehead. I do like the Lonzo Ball pick, but they they make some bonehead moves. Yeah, uh, poor, poor Blake Griffin, man. <laughs> oh, Send you Detroit, see never. We'll just draft about a bazillion centers. Um, yeah, they're rough. It's like it's weird. Is it who was the Bears who selected about the six tight ends? Oh yeah, they had like six, six or seven tight ends <laughs> on their roster at one point. Um, all right, let's get, so uh, back to the Lakers real quick. So we got um, you know Anthony Davis probably join the cast here very soon. Uh, I think we've talked about the additions they made. Do you want to just quickly go through that? <clears throat> Certainly, yeah. So they got let's. I mean, the big four, and I could be missing some. I mean, it's hard to follow all this stuff. Mark Stahl, obviously kind of already into the back nine. He's on like the 17th hole of his career. Um, but he's pretty – he's still got a good year in him here. Um, definitely an upgrade. I would say an upgrade over Dwight Howard in terms of what Dwight Howard brought. They got, um, you know, obviously Dennis Schroeder, who is going to be a solid, solid upgrade from Rondo in terms of scoring ability. Um, well, we got Montrezl Harrell, another, you know, great energy off the bench. Wesley Matthews, which I think we, we were talking earlier, we kind of forgot about him. Like, just a great guy, just standing in the three point line. Like, all right, here you go. LeBron put a ball right in my pocket, chucking in. Um, those are the kind of the big four that they got, which is mm-hmm. huge. And, you know, they brought they brought Pope back. They still have Kuzma. They still have Alex Caruso. Um, Caruso. Yeah, they're, they're stacked. Yeah, they and they're younger. Um, yeah. On paper, they look better than last year, which is scary. Um, so that'll be interesting. Oh, and they got no. Mark Ethan Morris back, too. Forgot about him, which is another solid. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, he's got a little edge to him. So, yeah, that's, that looks like a scary team uh, in, in a league that definitely, over the course of this offseason, how it's evolved, things like that, um, looks to be, you know, the, the, the super team uh, feel oh, yeah. is definitely kind of coming back. Um you've seen well, a lot more competitive it, teams yeah it's there's no real super team per se you, you know you have some you know kd kd Kyrie situations you got lebron ad 
to I get meant the playing field leveling a bit, you know, yes, it's, it's kind of, um, whether that be teams losing some people or uh, trades that didn't go through or, um, you know, just, just people, it just seems like some teams have done some good things in the off season to, to add some veterans into a young mix or vice versa. And, and just getting a team that was just a few pieces away to that spot where you can kind of talk to them and say, Hey, that's a team that would be kind of scary to play in a seven game series. So yeah, uh, I think you definitely you have a very competitive yeah. league now, save like yeah. I said, the, the Cleveland's of the world. Who the hell knows mm. what the bulls will look like. Um, you know, even Phoenix, yeah. like Phoenix was like last year, no one thought they were going anywhere. They killed in the bubble. Got Chris Paul. I, had some good I'd adjustments. hesitate. I said, I, I would hesitate to, you know, obviously they finished off with an insane run um, in the bubble. Came America's sweethearts. They got Chris Paul, great veteran presence. I think it's going to make them better. I'm just a little hesitant to jump on the whole, um, the whole train. Oh, a thousand yeah. percent. I'm just, I'm just illustrating the fact that everyone always said, you know, you can be a 25 win team and make the playoffs in the East, whereas mm. like nine or seven through 12 yeah. was like separated by two and a half games. So, was, you know, they're all, it's going to be super competitive. Yeah, the Blazers, man. I love um, what the Blazers did. I don't know if you saw that. Like they, they made some solid, solid moves. Mm. Oh, I, I really love that. Yeah, Blazers. I mean, they're always right there, and they always have the ability. Um, they seem to be in a different sense, similar to what Houston was doing. Sort of red, like, kind of revving, revving it all the way up to the red line for a few years, knowing that's sort of, you know, I think the Blazers structured their team a little bit better in finances, but like revving to that red line knowing that it might not be a, a, a you know sort of something for the long term it might not be a solution for the long term but at least maybe we can break in and beat that golden state or beat that lakers it doesn't look like that's going to be the case for the houston uh, i don't know what to take for sources as far as westbrook saying i want out harden saying i want out um, I don't know because then you hear the player come out and say, you know, that's not true. That's not true. Um, I don't know what to believe, but I do believe that Houston's probably going to maybe turn the page a little bit, look to do maybe a quick little re rebuild, see who they can get in return. Uh, what are your feelings on that? I know they've obviously mentioned the nets. I don't know if that's going to happen, but you got to think Westbrook will be, you got to think Harden will be as long as, you know, they're not asking for some st stupid amount in return. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like Westbrook at this point is untradeable. I, don't, I mean, I don't know who's going to trade for him. The Knicks maybe at this point. Um, I don't think Harden's going anywhere. Yeah. I, I don't. Um, and, you know, they got DeMarcus Cousins, which who knows what he is at this point. They find Christian Wood, um, who – you know, got an opportunity in Detroit and was a very good player, and I think he'll get a bigger opportunity in Houston, and I think he'll continue to prove himself. I mean, who knows what he'll become, um, but he's definitely a solid NBA player. Um, but, like, the thing about Houston, I feel like they have no means to get any better. I feel like Daryl Morey filled the farm in terms of trading every single one of the draft picks, and then it didn't work out. It's like, all right, I'm out of here. Um, so, I don't know. And then, you know, Daryl Morey goes to Philly and makes a lot of smart, shrewd moves and upgrades their roster. Um, I don't know what Houston's going to look like. I mean, Houston's going to be a playoff team when they have James Harden. But if you go down, who's better in the West than them? Who knows? I mean, they're not going to be a three seed, that's for sure. 
Um, we'll see where they end up, but Golden State's still going to be obviously losing Clay sucks, but Golden State's still going to be competitive. So I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see how it shakes on the West. There's going to be no easy game out there. Yeah, um, and we're going to have a lot of these answers here uh, answered in just a sh- couple weeks here. Count it down. To see when the actual full schedule comes out. Like, give some of these teams, like yeah. Chicago's probably like, how the hell are we not one of the first games? Like, we haven't played a, a organized basketball game since March. You know, like, we still got to wait <laughs> Like, it's, you know, a few, few teams saying that same thing. Um, it's got to be so, it's got to be such a foreign, weird feeling organizationally, players wise. Um, hopefully, that just means that they've been itching like crazy to play. Um, I could see the case where some players it's just kind of rubbed them the wrong way and they lost, you know, motivation. So um, it is weird to think that we haven't seen some of these teams in action uh, since <laughs> this all started. Uh, this this whole year started pretty much. So yeah, it's um, crazy. A lot, a lot to be, you know, a lot to be seen. Um, coming up very shortly but uh yeah looking out for that full roster obviously we'll take whatever they'll give us uh in the meantime as we've said 22nd uh and then christmas day has been announced which you know christmas wouldn't be the same without a full day of basketball in my eyes but um let's switch it over to some nfl Uh, i know we're not going to spend a ton of time here but we do want to talk about our latest uh week um patriots grinding out a win um finding a way uh, even if some of the actions some of the players made it uh seem like we were going to give it away there but uh we made it we we're winning i don't know if we're cheering for them to make the playoffs now um i'm not sure where we're left at uh, every week is a mystery to me i go in with no expectation and i don't get frustrated i don't get way too excited i sit right smack dab in the middle <laughs> and i watch this so uh, anything you want to get off your chest about this past patriot performance i don't even know how to at this point i think i'm more just frustrated to keep winning like I, I first of all i didn't really watch any of the game um and then it's like all right clearly they're not going to win this game and then the Cardinals blew every opportunity they had to win the game. And finally, I was like, all right, fine, we'll win the game. Um, Cam Newton, for lack of a word, sucks. I mean, let's be real. He, he was terrible. Um, I just don't think he has it anymore. And, and they threw the ball, what, 17 times, which is gross. Um, I don't know. It's one of those things where I just wish they would just lose the rest of their games. Right now, I just, I just looked up for shits and giggles. They're sitting at 15th. If we want them to get a top – for a quarterback, what, what kind of draft capital is to trade to get up there? They're not getting that guy at 15. There's no way in hell. Um, considering the teams above you that potentially need a quarterback, I mean, yeah. I think what makes it most frustrating is that they're winning by playing losing football. <laughs> well, that's the thing. It's like, it's it's like disgusting football, and they're somehow winning. They want a super sloppy, um, and a, yeah from an environmental factor, yes, sloppy. Um, Ravens game, <laughs> they won an extremely ugly last week game uh, against the Cardinals. And as a fan, you kind of come out of it like, no shit, we won. Um, and I feel like that's usually not 
uh, how you want to be feeling after you win. But, um, you know, maybe once in a while, maybe the Patriots with, of old with Tom Brady, which I'm, I'm saying I've moved on past that. I'm, I'm excited about this new um, this, this new uh, chapter of the Patriots. But um, you'd only see it a couple of times where it's like, oh, hey, they got lucky on that one. They grinded their way, but I'll take it, you know, it goes around – I feel like every win this year has been a struggle. And uh oh, it's, nothing's been pretty. Save maybe like week one. It, like it's uh, yeah. It's been gross. It's been gross. Da- Damian Harris has been the white bright spot. Um I agree. And I wish they would give him the football more. At this point, mm. Tony and Michelle, I mean you may come off fire. Why even bother? Trade him to see whatever you can get for him. Can you explain to me? what the the love of Sony Michelle is because this is multiple people that will come up to be like, Oh, wait till they get him back. Or like, what do you think is going to happen when he comes back? Let's and they're, they're surprised when I said, sit on the bench. Yeah. Um, they were making fun of him like weeks ago when he was trying to outrun people. And he looked like, it's like, dude, just run. <laughs> like, why, why, why are these linebackers catching you? <laughs> but like, what, what do you think it is? What's I don't this know. I feel like I'm love a affair? Person from when he was at Georgia, like in Georgia, at Georgia, he was nasty. Maybe I'm remembering differently, but like he's like been banged up, it. so that could be a factor. Yeah, but he—I feel like for me, like has he done had some good games? Sure, but I don't think he's done anything that's made me feel like he's a, a catalyst to their their system um, no, or replace like irreplaceable. Uh, so that's, it's, but it's interesting because this has been a couple of convers, you know, a few conversations I can remember where they've said, Oh, Sony, Sony, Michelle, where's he? Or uh, when he's healthy, he'll, he'll be playing. Right. And I'm just like, I, I don't think so. I mean, if anything, he's going to be option number three. I would think he probably spelled Damian Harris or a couple of carries. I don't know how they're going to play it out again. Stop trying to win fucking football games. That's the biggest thing. Just stop trying to win games. Just stop. You're not gonna, <laughs> what's the point of making the playoffs? But that's what's most frustrating. It doesn't look like they're trying, but they are winning. I don't get it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> you gotta, um, yeah. Um, and so I think if he does come back, the biggest thing, like Damian Harris, obviously they haven't gotten involved in the passing offense too much, but he's probably capable of going and catching passes. Um, yeah. You know, James White had two touchdown runs last week, so you know he can also run the football. I feel like with Sony Michelle when he's in the game, it's like, all right, they're probably running the football. Nine well, I, I, I'm not taking anything away from James White because I think it's hardest to score when you're in that red zone. But I feel like Harris actually got them down the field, and then James White comes in, touchdown, touchdown. You know, um, yeah, it's true. It's true. James, Damian Harris runs so freaking hard. It makes you wonder, like, why was he not playing last year? I get the whole I, they always do a red. I just, like, I, I feel like no matter where in the draft you are. If you pick Alabama running back, you're probably going to have a pretty solid player. Yep. They should just somehow get Najee Harris, too, from Alabama. They have both that's, Harris's from Alabama. And that's all you need. Screw it, man. They're looking pretty good right now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's, it's interesting there. Um, around the league, hey, we saw, we saw it's the first time I ever was interested, intrigued to watch a Broncos game that wasn't involving the Patriots. Um, they didn't have a – any quarterback um, yeah. due to COVID, uh, it showed. It, <laughs> when he complete one pass, um, not granted, he is a co- converted wide receiver to quarterback. Um, they came out running the Wildcat, um, 
but it's a tough, tough to win a game. We just talked about throwing 17 times. It's tough, even tougher to win a game, believe it or not, when you don't throw the ball at all. <laughs> it was pretty predictable. <laughs> Some old school football, early nine, 1900 football there. Um, <laughs> just eye formation, right? Um, so we had that. While we're recording this, currently there's another COVID game that was rescheduled that's happening in the middle of freaking, I think it's the first time since 2012 that a game's been on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, Pittsburgh beating Baltimore. Um, I'm sort of cheering for Pittsburgh to just go 16-0 and because, like, they've been screwed multiple times this season um, for doing something, doing something that they've actually taken care of in-house um, and not get COVID. So, um, yeah, you just got to go with the flow. Yeah, I mean, I, I would love to see the Steelers go 16 at this point because, again, I'm not rooting for the Patriots to win any football games. So I don't really care when the Super Bowl. I really don't. Yeah. Um, be I do want to give Rossberg one, one more on the way out. Yeah, that's true. Um, I do want to take, take, take some time to congratulate anybody, anybody who had Tyreek Hill on their fantasy team because um, you won. You won your week. And if you lost, um, I don't know how that's even possible. If anything, with fantasy football having lived vicariously through my fiance's work team, it makes me realize how much I hate fantasy football. How exciting it is at the same time. It's like, this is the most frustrating fucking thing. <laughs> it's, what do you have, 269 yards or something like that? No, three touchdowns? Like, she played one week where fucking Tyler Lockett had like 220 yards, three touchdowns. It's like, well, you lost. And it's a oh. league, and you lost. It's nothing. Yeah. Well, nothing can happen unless Russell Wilson, which so you have Russell Wilson, but he threw the three touchdowns to Tyler Lockett who you're playing against, so you're lost. It's not even uh, a real – it's not, you know, fantasy. I mean, we have a freaking Robert Griffin third out there right now. I, that, that's fantasy for you. Like, it just – there's fantasy no – Fantasy football is Saquon Barkley probably getting drafted second overall and then tearing the ACL three weeks in the season. You're like, ah, shit, there's there goes the season. no rhyme or reason. Um that's why people who do auto draft probably are doing okay. Um, let's uh, let's go kind of the you know everything that we saw um, outside of this it could be around football, could be around everything else. I don't know if you watched. Um, I did not get the pay per view. I don't think I've ever gotten pay per view anything. Um, I didn't. But I really. Didn't but care. I could tell you, I saw the Nate Robinson highlights. Um, Jake Paul, you can say what do you want about a uh, YouTuber, but he does train as a fighter and, uh, he showed it. Um, so that was pretty shocking to me uh, that, they, that that happened. Um, so that happened. Um, what? scary. If you're into F1, uh, Lewis Hamilton is out this week with COVID. So they're bringing up one of their like protege guys from the Williams team, bringing him up, racing in his car. So we'll see all those haters that say Lewis Hamilton's only good because he rides in Mercedes cars. It's probably very true. He's also a great racer. So we're gonna have to see what happens there. At least I will. Um, anything else, Jeff? Uh, Before we sign off, just real quick, I don't know if you saw the quick update there that 48 players in the NBA tested positive for COVID. You know, just get them out of the way. Well, that's the thing. I mean, this is going to happen. <laughs> um, but, again, I don't know. It's 48 out of 546 or something like that. 
Mm-hmm. I feel like it's probably a lot of the team. Well, it's players going back to their home and just not really giving a shit for, for four weeks and then coming back and getting tested. Um, yeah. Luckily, they're doing it now, so they can get them out of the way for the season to start. That's for sure. Um, you know, as we said, uh, hopefully we are actually getting closer to an effective uh, vaccine that maybe gets us, you know, you watch these, you watch old clips of sports with fans standing next to each other. I miss it, but it's weird that it's weird to me. Um, and I don't want that to be this situation anymore. I, <laughs> I want the masters to have people going crazy when tiger's ball goes in the hole. I want, I want like moments like that to exist. Um, it's, dude, it's going to be so weird watching the NBA and, like, watching the Garden with not a single fan in it. And that's it. Sports is one of the things that, in a, a present moment, can bring such a sense of togetherness that you can only find in very few things, like um, music, uh, like, you know, concerts, things like that, which I do miss as well. Um, and so, obviously – just hoping, just hoping that some point during the NBA season or any season in general that we start to um, sort of get things figured out. And uh, so we can have that togetherness uh, again, because that's what makes, I think, sports special. And we're realizing real quick that sports are awesome. Um, but they're even better when uh, there's that fan aspect, too. Yeah, certainly. I agree. Hopefully it's sooner rather than later with, with everything COVID-related, but yeah. we'll see how it plays well, out going forward. But we're going to keep coming back. We're going to keep recording, talking about the things uh, that happened in, you know, give or take every week. Um, I know with holidays and stuff, we've prolonged this a little bit with traveling and all that good stuff, but uh, we look forward to recording this, talk about this all week, sports, everything going on. So, when we get a chance to talk, uh, we um, appreciate it. So if anyone's following on, listening with us, we appreciate you as well. Um, but this was episode 32. We made it. Next week, big, big one. Larry Legend, 33 <laughs> next week. So uh, we will go probably dive a little bit deeper into uh, Celtics roster um, maybe we'll have some more information about uh, full-length seasoning or season, um, as well as maybe we'll hear a peep from the NH- NHL. Maybe we'll know a little more about hockey. You hope to hear something before Christmas, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, but uh, until then, we thank you for listening along. This was Two Bros Talking Sports Podcast. This is Sam and Travis, and we are signing out till next time. Talk to you soon. <laughs>